Welcome to All Things Sleep and Parenting. I'm Pam. And I'm Elisa. We are holistic infant and child sleep consultants with a background in early childhood education. And we're the founders of Restful Parenting. And I'm Heidi. I'm also an early childhood educator and the owner of Blossom Early Learning. Join us as we chat all things sleep, parenting, development, and everything in between. Be sure to hit subscribe and share with your friends and family. child wakes up in the middle of the night screaming and calling your name so you run in there and they begin to tell you about the dream that they've just had and now you're wondering how am I going to get through this without going back a hundred steps on what we've already worked so hard on with sleep if you guessed it we are talking about nightmares today this is a follow-up podcast on our last one that we did about night terrors So in that one, we went over night terrors, what they are, how you can help your little one through. And now today we're going to be talking about nightmares, which is a little bit different than night terrors. And you're going to to see a difference if you've ever experienced both of these. Hi, guys. So welcome back to this week's episode all about nightmares. It's Alisa here and I've got Pam. Hello. And we are going to go over nightmares and how you can help your little one through them without offering too much talking and support yeah that's the that's the big thing right is is we need to be there for them for their nightmares we want to be that support we want to give them the tools to help them through but then at the same time in the back of our head it's like oh how am I going to make sure that this isn't going to happen every single night? How is this, how are we going to get back to sleep? How is this not going to turn into a game? So um, one big thing we'll talk about really quickly is the difference between the night terrors and nightmares. Last week we did do a podcast on night terrors. So definitely have a listen to that. But the nightmare is going to be different. When your little one cries in that middle of the night and is calling your name, you are going to go into their room and they're going to recognize that you're there. They're probably going to start having a conversation they're going to start telling you about it they're going to be reaching for you so that's the big difference between night terrors and nightmares night terrors they don't know that you're there nightmares they're very clear that you're there yeah and they might be half asleep sometimes for them but they're still responding to what Mm -hmm. you're saying even if they just kind of put their heads back down relatively quickly and go back to sleep whereas night terrors if you listen to our last episode they have no idea that you're there none whatsoever (laughs) so typically we start to see nightmares develop as their imagination starts to come into play as they become very creative in their play we can kind of start to see that's when we start to see those nightmares come in for some children they may not have nightmares in early childhood it might not be until they're five six seven eight years old and for some children it can at that two three years old they can start seeing nightmares popping up here and there so first thing you want to do is you want to take note of what types of shows they're watching you want to Mm -hmm. take note of what they're going through developmentally as well and see if there's anything there that you can work on so I know you probably don't want to prevent them from watching any shows that have any kind of scary things in them but you want to you want to diminish some of those if they're really watching something that's scaring them a lot then of course you won't want to yes. you, you just want to put it away for a little bit and take it out again once they get a little bit older and they're not so much in that phase 
with nightmares, you want to do a lot of work on that daytime stuff first. So if they are experiencing a fear of monsters, which can happen, it's quite common that they start to develop a little fear of monsters. Um, If you listen to our fears episode, you'll know that we're not big fans of monster spray because what we want to do is we actually want to just tell them that monsters aren't real. So we want to reiterate during the day that monsters aren't real and that you can play little fun games with a drawing of a monster, but they're pretend they're not real. This is the same thing with movies, right? We're telling them that movies are stories that people have put together. So they've made their imagination come to life, but they're not real. They're just stories being performed, being acted, uh, being created. So typically, you know, if it's animation, right, it's just people have great imaginations and they're telling stories and they're putting characters to their stories. They're not, we really want to reiterate that it's not real. It's not real. And it seems so small and insignificant, but it can make a huge difference Mm -hmm. in their everyday fears that you're going to start to see develop. Because if we just start with that right away, then they know what we're talking about when we say that that's not real. It's just a story. You can even go into it for those very inquisitive children. You Mm -hmm. can go into it and say, somebody thought of a story and they drew some pictures and they wrote this story out on paper or the computer and then they put it they made it into a movie for a lot of children especially those little guys that are really curious very alert the more explanation you offer the better because their imagination is going to go off in all these different ways whereas you're like this is the illustrator this is the guy who who does all the drawings so then you're really showing them like this is the guy who made the story this is the guy who do all did all those drawings or created all the animations so you're really just helping them to fully understand the difference between real life and stories that are being created and acted out one of my favorite strategies for fears is making that bedroom as dark as you can, especially with nightmares. So like making that bedroom, especially if it's something like, you know, something in my closet or there's something under my bed or there's, you know, the, the shadows that are hanging from the, from the trees outside or from the towels that are hanging on the closet doors. So during the day, it's really tough. It's really tough, as we know, to negotiate and to help a child process when they're in that fear or very upset state so having these conversations during the day and role playing during the day allows us to really get into those conversations break down what they're thinking and how they're feeling and then really be able to help them through that so make that room as dark as you can during the day make a fort make it really fun have flashlights look around the room and be and you could even do that role play oh my goodness what is that over there what is that over there and you have your your flashlight and you're like ah and then your little one's like mom it's just my towel and you're like oh phew it's just your towel so so you're making it dark you're playing those games you're getting them really comfortable being in their space exploring their space in the dark in that safety and security of you being right there with them one of my favorite strategies for fears, nightmares, any anything like that. Yes. And it's very important to talk about all these things during the day when they're not in that mode of mm-hmm. I've just had a nightmare. So you don't you don't want to get too much into it at night, but you want to know that you've covered your bases and you've spoken about it during the day so that you can help them process it so that if it does happen at night, 
they have an idea of what to do. So now let's talk about what to do if they do have a nightmare, because it, again, for those who have worked really hard on teaching your little one how to fall asleep on their own, it's, it can be very anxiety provoking for us when they do have a nightmare, because we're thinking, oh, I don't want to go back there. I don't want to go back to the point where they're waking up five times a night now. Mm -hmm. I can't go back to that point. So we want to let you know that you do not have to go back to that point. It's, it's not necessary. You can support them while still maintaining that independent sleep. And for those who would like the gloriousness of being able to just put your little one to bed and say goodnight and have an evening to yourself and be able to sleep through the night, do reach out to us. We are here to help you and we would love to get sleep on track for you. Back to the nightmares. <laughs> um, so in the night, you want to respond to them when they do have a nightmare. So let's say they wake up screaming, mommy or daddy or, or grandma or grandpa or whoever. I've, I had a nightmare. Sometimes when they're really young, they won't be able to quite verbalize what has happened. So again, you just want to calmly go in there and you want to say, I'm right here. And that's the first thing that you do. You just, you let them know that you're there. With my son, he can verbalize that he's had a nightmare. He's five now. So he's able to say, I had a nightmare and it was about this and it was about that and it was about the other thing. Again, it's that fine line of letting them offload a little bit about that nightmare that has happened so that they can get a little bit off of their chest without necessarily going into great details with them and sitting down and having a middle of the night conversation because that can turn into multiple night wakings very quickly very very quickly you're gonna see the difference to with your little one's upset so when you go into the room like it's going to be that frantic upset it's going to be a <gasps> mom even if they're like older if they're younger it's going to be a different upset so and I like Elisa how you said that fine line because it's a big piece right it's that fine line between is this a nightmare um whether they're verbalizing or not or is this you know a habitual or they are wanting to have conversations so if you've started out and your little one is like you know, frantic and they're very upset. And then night four, when you go in and they're like, I had a nightmare and it was really scary. And I was wondering, do you think that if I had pink on my fingers, do you think that would be okay? And then maybe the next day if I did purple. So you're going to see really quickly that fine line between this is a nightmare and I am genuinely upset and fearful versus this, I had a nightmare and, and now I just want to talk about something else. Do and you remember? Mom, tomorrow when we play Super Mario <laughs> Brothers together, um, can you play Toad and I can play Mario? <laughs> now we are no longer dealing with nightmares. Now we're dealing with night waking. So very different, very different. So knowing that when you do go in or even as they first wake up, it's going to be, you're going to hear that difference in them. You're going to hear that upset. You're going to hear that like frantic. And this is what it was about. Even if they don't want to talk about it, I've had a couple of mine who don't want to talk about it. They don't like, they don't want to relive it. Um, but I can tell the difference just going in how upset or just like how panicked they are. So what you'd want to do is you want to go in there again, let them know that they're that you're they're safe and that you're right there you want to let them if they do want to you want to let them kind of just tell you a little bit about what happened mm -hmm. in the nightmare and then you can say oh that sounds like it's it was really hard for you so you're validating that upset that they're having you're validating those feelings but then you're kind of just saying 
I'd love to hear more about it tomorrow. Let's talk more about it tomorrow. And then maybe you sit on their bed for a minute and you just kind of rub their hair and you say, I'm right here. I'm not going to go far. I'm just going to be outside of your door and you're safe. Mm-hmm. And then you go outside of their door for a couple of seconds and maybe you're just reminding them every so often, shh, I'm here. And then you just go back to your bed. And usually all they need is that few minutes of just you being there and showing them that they're safe. And then you're able to go back to your bed and they'll just fall back asleep. Mm -hmm. If you do find though, that this is happening every night and there are some patterns that are starting to happen, you really want to take a look at everything in their day. Make sure there's nothing that is going on that is scaring them every day you want to take special notes of like pam said is this a true nightmare or has this now turned into some waking and they're just wanting to get you in there to have a conversation with them at night and they're trying to get you in there to sit on their bed (laughs) so you deal with that appropriately so if you know the first time it was a, a a true true nightmare they really needed you in there you helped them a little bit more than usual but now on day four it's still happening and they're kind of just waking up and saying I had a nightmare but they don't seem overly upset about Mm -hmm. it then you want to reduce that stimulation that you are giving during the night so a pretty good example of this is actually last night my son just had a nightmare and he woke up in the night and he just called out for me and said mom I had a nightmare and you can kind of tell that he was upset but it wasn't a huge upset it wasn't He wasn't terrified. I could tell this by his voice. And so I just said, oh, honey, I'm really sorry that you had a nightmare. And I stayed in my bed and I said, oh, honey, I'm really sorry that you had a nightmare. I'm right here and I'm safe and you're safe and I'm right here close to you. He's like, "Okay," And then he just like went back to sleep a few (laughs) minutes later. So that's a perfect example of me not really needing to go in there. So, of course, I let him know that I'm close and that I can hear him. And that he is safe without necessarily doing over the top of the intervention. Yeah, because you could have easily, mom, I had a nightmare. Okay, buddy, I'm coming. And then you climb into bed with them and you guys go back to sleep. Right? Because that's the easiest way to get them back to sleep is is exactly that. But that's going to cause those long-term challenges. So had that happened last night where you just said, okay, and then you crawled into bed with them tonight, last night, chances are tonight that expectation is set. Hey, mom, I had a nightmare. Are you climbing into bed with me again tonight? Because that's what I would like. There was a moment in time where he probably at age three, when that imagination really started to soar, or perhaps again at age four, when he's just going through different things, there were a few times where he was having nightmares on a more consistent basis. It was never anything that was going on and on and on for a long time. But there were true nightmares happening on a more consistent basis. So, and he was truly terrified when he was three Mm -hmm. and this was happening. It was all new to him. So those were moments where I did offer a little bit more support at the very beginning when it happened. But then I quickly moved to going in, doing a quick check, going to his door and outside of the room and just saying, I'm close by, you're safe and I'll stay here for two minutes. And then that's all that he really needed at that point, because he knew that I went into him. He knew that I was there and I was close, but 
he also knew that I wasn't going to go into his bed and lie down and fall asleep with him. So it's that limit that I set right from the get-go that didn't allow it to become this huge ordeal where now every night, two weeks later, he's waking up and I'm going and sleeping in his bed. And again, that might not be problematic for some families and, and you might be okay doing that. However, for me, that is definitely not something that I want to get into. I enjoy the fact that my children (laughs) go to sleep on their own at night and fall back asleep on their own in the night. Should they wake? I enjoy my king size bed and I have zero interest in sharing a single bed with a child who does not know how to sleep in one position. Thank you very much. (laughs) Yes, exactly. So, so depending on your child's age, because sometimes what can happen, right, is they've had a nightmare. We go in, you know, if they're very upset, maybe we're by their side. Like Elisa said, we're sitting, rubbing their back for a couple more minutes. Um, We may that first time it happens, you may need to stay until they're like a little more settled um or not but once you kind of go out of your out of the room you reassure them you climb into your own bed sometimes it can happen where a few minutes later they come back or even 20 minutes later they come back and they're like every time I close my eyes I think about it and every time I close my eyes I start the bad dream comes back so you know walk back to their room with them um and this is something that you can do again during the day that daytime work with our big kids right we talk a lot about mind over matter so you have control of those thoughts you have the ability to change those thoughts so what's something that we can think about when we are having a hard time with something or if something's really scary so again this is where you can set up that fort in the bedroom and you can have those flashlights and then you can say hey buddy when something gets really scary what can you think about what's something else you can think about so depending on your little one's age right and you may have to these are tools that if you're having nightmares at two or three or four you can you're teaching them these tools so that if they're having nightmares at five six seven eight you're able to say okay remember this tool so now they're able to do it so the mind over matter is one that I use often with my guys. We don't have a ton of nightmares, but we definitely have nightmares. So that mind over matter has really come into play for us in terms of you have control over your thoughts. So my little, little guys, we would say, I would talk about the park, right? Okay. So if we, we don't, if you close your eyes and those other thoughts come up, I think about the park. What's your favorite thing to do at the park? Do you like to go on the slide? Do you like to go on the swings? So I'm helping them kind of come up with those scenarios. As they get older, I like to really, especially with my bigger, so like my six, seven, eight-year-olds, we're really talking details. Because yes, I can tell you to close your eyes and think about, a, think about a birthday party. And they may close their eyes and be like, oh, birthday party, scary thoughts, scary thoughts, right? That's all just going to come back. But you really want to do those details. So for me, it's, okay, let's think about if we've just had a birthday party, if somebody's birthday was coming up or some activity was coming up and it is details, what are you going to wear? What kind of birthday wrapping paper are you going to get? What do you think your friends are going to be wearing? What games do you think you're going to play? So we're really trying to get them to break down those scenarios so they can focus on that versus focusing on the, the nightmare itself and that recurring every time I close my eyes, it comes back. And it really, really does work wonders for them. If you need to, you can also have a little visual for them Mm -hmm. right beside their their beds where it has a picture of the thing that they have decided. If you're incorporating them into the decision of what they'd like to talk about, then you have that 
image there for them or if you are you know getting them to just think about the park when they're younger maybe you have a picture of the park so that Mm -hmm. they can turn around and look at it and it helps them along in that visualization so that it's just it helps really give them that tool and solidify that tool for them absolutely and it's not you know it's 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 really different between that offloading and validating those emotions during the day and then helping them get through that so we're not like mind over matter just stop thinking about it um it's not important that's not it is what it is it's we're just trying to change their thoughts so they can focus on something else instead of every time they close their eyes that story comes back up but those are conversations again that now, now the next day hey talk me through that nightmare like what was that about oh my goodness nightmares are just those are not fun right so we're still talking about it just not in the moment when they're trying to fall asleep. Again, if if at first they want to talk about it, that's absolutely okay. But once you get going, that mind over matter, really just focus on those pieces of like, and what do you think grandma's going to say? Or what do you think grandma's going to make for us? And, you know, just throw in as many details as possible. Yeah. And when you are talking about that nightmare in the middle of the night, like, let's say they do want to talk about it a little bit. It's talking about it for two minutes, not yeah. 20 minutes, right? It's like, they're just telling you a little bit about what happened. And then you're working on moving on from those thoughts so that they can fall Mm -hmm. asleep and, Mm -hmm. and not have those thoughts creep into it. If you really think about it, that's what we do as adults as well. In the night, if we wake up and we're having fears or we're having, you know, some anxieties about something, we will journal or we will think we'll put other thoughts into our minds so that we can think about something great that allows us to calm and relax again. So mm-hmm. we want to offer these tools to our children as well. And like Pam mentioned, it's going to be different at two years old. You're just starting that. It, they're not really going to be able to fully visualize. So they'll need mm-hmm. a little bit of guidance from you in a you know guided meditation sort of <laughs> way. Um, but then as they get older, you're just prompting them and they're able to take over from there. Yeah. And, and Ireland came up, must've been a few weeks ago. And she said, she told me the same thing. She was like, Oh, I had such a hard time sleeping last night. I just couldn't seem to get into that sleep. And every time she she was anxious that she was starting a new job. So she was anxious about that. And she came up and she was like, you know what? Ireland has a little bit of a hard time sometimes of what she can and can't control but this was something that she was like you know I remembered I I said okay I'll put that away because I can't do that until the morning so I'll think about that in the morning and she's like I broke down our last visit with Nana and Popo and she's like I just went through everything that we did with them and all the what everybody was wearing and what we did and what we ate and what everybody was saying and all the funny times and she said and that really helps so it's worth it. It's worth teaching our guys these tools as they're younger and expand on them because then as they become older, they're able to do this on their own. So amazing. And with the fears, you'll know, listen to our fears episode if your little one is having fears. But what we want to do is if it's something that's just an everyday fear, we don't want to take it off the table for them. We want to work through it with that role playing. However, If it's something like movies that they're watching that perhaps aren't age appropriate or something that they're watching that really you don't want them to be watching that is creating these extra fears, then that's something you want to take off the table for them. But if it's everyday stuff like shadows and monsters or monsters or absolutely you want to work through that rather than taking all 
books that have a scary cover out of their room or like trying to get all the shadows out of their room, which would be pretty impossible. You want to work through that fear with them. Mm -hmm. So listen to that podcast because that has some great tips on how to do that. But just so you know that, you know, there are some things that you will want to just remove for them, like movies and shows that they're watching that they really, you know, maybe aren't age appropriate for them, but those everyday things you want to work through. Awesome, guys. Thank you so much for joining us again. Gosh, we love that you guys keep coming back week after week. We really do appreciate it. If you guys have anything that you would like us to add on, any topics you'd like to hear from us, come and join us in the group, All Things Sleep and Parenting on Facebook. Let us know. Pop it in and, hey, I would love to have, or do you have information on this, or I'd love to hear more about this. We'd love to hear from you guys. And if you do have questions about your little one and their nightmares, if something happened that was a little bit more than what we talked about in this episode do reach out to us we're always here to answer your questions we are thanks guys thanks for joining us on today's episode we so appreciate that you've taken that time to come and hang out with us and listen to what we have to say if you are struggling with sleep or parenting please know that we have loads of free information on the website um, as well as on the youtube channel but if after you've read through everything and you've watched those videos, if you're still struggling, know that you're not alone and that we would love to help. So be sure to check out the website, www.restfulparenting.com. You'll find the link to book your free 15-minute call right there. And if you have any comments or anything you'd like to share with us, please leave them below in the comments. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks.